Ah, another beautiful morning in Commuterville. You, alone in your car, crawling down the interstate. Stuck behind the SUV from Maryland, but firmly in front of the sedan from D.C. There is a better way. Van pooling. Save on fuel. Get to work in a better mood. And help get cars off the road for the planet's sake. Learn more at vanpoolalliance.org. Ride on. Download the BetMGM Sports app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three-pointer. Use code CAPITAL200. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Hi there, I'm Adam Kirbas and this is my novel Life Choices. Jason went home. The tent he called home. He was still thoughtful of what had happened. He was thinking about James Duncan, the boy who left him in the shadows. All his life, his surroundings, the life he chose, did not make sense anymore. He could not grasp it. He could not understand it. What went wrong? Where did he lose it? Where was he? What life does he live while all others enjoy their life? While all others right now Maybe feeling these slight excitements and thrills of life. Where is he? He is nowhere. He is at the fringe of society. He lives like, like an outcast. And his life leads nowhere only to damnation. And he remembers those past days, his past life with bitterness and with excruciating pain because there is no way back anymore. And somehow he feels that he has lost something. He has lost the race for something. He was supposed to obtain something, gain something. And then it all went from him. It all evaporated in front of his very eyes. Anne, and he imagines Anne being around James Duncan. He imagines Anne having even sex with James Duncan. The very sex, the very pleasure he was supposed to get one day. He was supposed to be rewarded as to make up for all the times lost where he can prove to his father that he is still a man, that he is being admired, that he is not a fool people make fun of. But now all was gone. Jason was, is this dressed. He doesn't know, he doesn't know what to do. And in his dreams, he's with nightmares. The next day, 
he gets up. Frederick Malhelm, his companion, the only friend he has in this world left. At least he assumes it is his friends. At least he thinks Frederick Malhelm is the one he can trust. And Frederick notices that something is wrong with Jason. He is not himself. He cannot forget and being forgetful, leaving the world you live in behind and to indulge in an illusion that one day you will be somewhere else and this somewhere else, this dream, this far away dream and hope happens to be lived in the present. You have to indulge in it. You have to live there. You have to be lost to this illusion to forget your misery. And this is how these people and how ordinary human beings gain strength, how they find the strength to get up every day and do not commit suicide or do not give up or even become criminal. But nothing could change Jason. He was down. He was beaten down. He didn't see any sense of his life anymore. And more and more Jason starts starts thinking about suicide. Suicide because he assumes that he will never be able to return. There is no reward for people who gave up. There is no reward for people who did not fight through anguish, who did not fight for freedom, for their life. There is no reward for people who give up halfway through. Frederick looks at Jason and without Jason's joyous manner life somehow gets more bleak as if something was robbed of their idle union as if they would have lost their confidence everything will good everything will turn out eventually don't you worry so Frederick asks Jason, what is wrong? And this, this question actually means why can't you dream anymore? Why can't you live in an illusionary world anymore? Why can't you forget here and now and imagine the glorious future that is ahead? Jason does not respond. He has tears in his eyes for the first time and those occasions where reality breaks through and for fleeting moments opens your eyes and you have to face it where you live how your life turned out how you have become who you are and why there is no way return that's when he has to face it and everything becomes bleak 
and you cannot cheer yourself up anymore. You cannot smile to it anymore. You cannot forget it anymore. It is too painful. And tears pour down Jason's cheeks. He looks at Frederick and shrugs. This nonverbal communication means a lot in this sphere, in this French society. A shrug, something happened. The uselessness of life, the meaningless of it all. You are hit by reality. This is what a shrug means. This is what it means when you have to face all its uselessness. And then Jason starts talking that he met a girl and she was his way out. He does not have to say it. He doesn't have to express it. But it is understood she was supposed to be the one, the one who, with whom he would be good with the universe again, with whom he could understand why he had to live all these years here, why he had to abstain from joyous moments of his life. Why he, had, why he ended here. She would have been the solution of it all, but then she's gone. Nothing will ever happen to, to it anymore. The dreams were shattered. And Frederick understands it. Of course he understands it. Because he had the, the same dreams as well. He had the same illusions as well. He has been living all this time in these illusions. And he knows very well what it means when they come crashing down. When there is no way out anymore. And you have to face reality. And Frederick Malhelm is tearful as well. These are the moments when your memory jucks in. When you remember, think about over and over again the very same moment. One instant, the moment where you lost it all, where you gambled, where you bet on something, where you bet on luck, on fortune, and then it all went down. These are the moments of bitterness, of tearfulness. And Jason starts talking that someone robbed him of this. Of course, it has to be someone. Of, all, of course, there's always a willing. Never ever is it yourself. Never ever Do you look at yourself? No. But on villains, on people who are cold-hearted, who are deceptive, and who ruin the little fortune some people have garnered. And wouldn't it have been nice if they or him, who knows 
wouldn't it have been nice if at least one of them would have been struck with luck, would have gotten what he deserves? And how could someone rob him of this? How could this person steal from it the little he has? And they repeated the name James Duncan over and over again. This boy who had it, had it all. They, of course, forget or want to forget that they were at the same position once as James Duncan. That they were once these unfortunate young upstarts for whom everyone had a high hope who would be one day get out of their throne circumstances would do something out of their lives would become something everyone would be proud of who from their own strength and with their own determination would one day relieve and elevate themselves from poverty and hopelessness. Of course, they want to forget this. Of course, someone wants to forget this. Once all the straws have been pulled and no alternative or no option is left anymore. You do not get a second chance. This is rare. This is rare. And who, and even those who get one, even their second chances are more or less an exception. There is no second chance in life. Do not dream dreams. But Jason and Frederick keep imagining James Duncan, the black boy, the boy who has this white girl. And they imagine and envision him getting all the girls in school. He alone is the king and he alone gets them all and they can't do anything about it. They are trapped here and Frederick who for a long time thought that the time he spends here as an outcast as a homeless as a homeless person that this time would help him somehow that this would be a great study that he would some sort of grow become an in, in entirely different person, unrecognizable, but yet still better than before. He grew up, he became a man. This is how Frederick imagined how people would receive him when he returns, when he comes back. And now all seems stupid, dumb, 
No one expects him. No one wants him to come back. There is nothing you can learn from homelessness. Nothing but despair, the depths of despair and the dream world you have to construe in order to appease your soul and your mind. That's the only thing you are. You become good at a dreamer. And they understood one thing, that this James Duncan is a thief, is a robber. What does he know about life? And they came with all kinds of stupid explanations that black folks, they already have it easy. What's their wrong? Why do they deserve more than we? And isn't life harder for ordinary white boys? Because society expects from them a lot. They assume as a white boy, everyone wants you to surpass all others. Everyone has high expectations on you. Everyone wants you to lead society. Everyone wants you to be the ahead of your game. No one talks about these pressures. No one talks about that. That if you are that failure as a white, white boy, as a white man, is way more severe than for anyone else. Because society thinks that you're stupid that you are not worth anything as a white man. And what do others have? What do others hope for? Others, they are doing fine because for Frederick Malhelm, the worst thing that can happen to one, the worst thing and the most severe punishment is expectation. Everyone wants you to become a something. There are high expectations of a white man. That you have to be somewhere. That, have, that you have to accomplish something. And for Frederick Malhelm, this is the worst of all. If you cannot just appease everyone. If you can't. Do good. And even if you have accomplished something, even if you have even made giant leaps forward, it is not enough. People always expect more from you. Nothing is enough anymore. Society wants more. Society wants you to work until death, work until Exhaustion and Frederick Malhelm. He be, became a vivid Marxist theoretician. Society is just awful. Society demands from us too much. And we cannot appease the willing, especially as a white man. 
as a white man, huh? as a worker. Of course, they never say white man. They always say workers, proletarians. All these white folks, all these white proletarians who work their ass off and do not get anything in return. They are only being hated and no one sees their side of the story. And what is their side of the story? That they fail, that they cannot accomplish something. And in a cold and inhumane society, there would not be a place for failures, for people who do not give everything 24-7. Frederick Malalm is convinced that something is wrong with society, that society deceives some while others take advantage of it. And this is how he feels right now. Society has deceived of him, has deceived him, robbed him. There is no way back anymore. He has been dropped now for good. There won't be anyone waiting for him all these times. He imagined that he would get something for all these sacrifices he made. Now nothing. This is for Frederick Malhelm, a deceptive system, a crooked system, an evil system, a system which helps only the few, not the majority. And Frederick imagines himself as the majority. He is one of these all-American men, one of these people who had bad luck, who did not have all the means all of us have, the average American, who has to struggle. And why did he have to struggle? Why did he have to struggle? Why did he walk the hour to his path? Why was his life difficult? Why couldn't he have everything? Why wasn't he born to the middle class? Why wasn't he one of them? And where are his real parents now? And how deceived he felt that he's his real parents. And he still believed it and he still thought about them and about their possible lives. They probably live in a beautiful suburban area. And where are they now? Why didn't they love him? Why couldn't they love him? But they just left him with a nanny, with a woman who did not care for him, who even, who, who forgot him, left him alone, left him for to himself and Frederick thinks about this time very bitterly because he would have deserved love wouldn't he he would have deserved 
everything what normal, normal, ordinary people have. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't have? And now life screws him over, over and over again. Frederick becomes enraged. Something needs to be done about this. They can't get away with it. We have to do something about it. Jason is not the guy who is active. Jason is rather passive. Jason rather wants to curl himself up in a, in a corner. Forget about it. Try to live and indulge in an illusion. Abstain from reality. It is too much for him. Reality is like a severe poison. You have to be careful not to get too much of it. No, you have to close your eyes. You have to get away, far away. Detach yourself from it because reality is unbearable. Frederick is enraged, but Frederick, he cannot be stopped anymore. For him, he has endured it for too long. He has been silent for too long. He has condoned it way too many times. And this has to come to an end. He's sure of it. And Frederick, he feels such a rage, such a rage that he starts beating around him. He yells, he screams, fuck it. Fuck this shit. And for a matter of fact, this kind of behavior is not unusual in this fringe, in this world, in a world outside the, the life outside where heart throbs, the center of it all. It is not uncommon that on occasions people lose it all when they forget about it, forget about Forgot, forget about here and now. Where they, when they have enough and they scream, I cannot bear it anymore. This is not uncommon. And those who see Frederick, those who watch Frederick while he loses his temper, while he screams and, and throws things around, they are well aware what this means that someone has this moment, has his moment again. And there are so many. And the only thing you can do is to forget. But Frederick doesn't want to forget anymore. He wants to stop this. He wants to take back what he deserves. And all this time while he was living on the streets 
and had to beg for his food, had to beg other people. He never thought about becoming criminal. He never thought about deceiving other people. Why does he have to ask and beg for food? Why don't just go ahead and take it? Doesn't he deserve something from society? Isn't this society the very same society that deceives him? That robs him of any joy, of any love? Isn't this the society which has no love for him, which treats him like an outcast and abandons him, leaves him to the, to the outskirt so that he has to live at the fringe of society? Isn't this the time he gets something back? He takes something that belongs to him Frederick is sure he will not beg for money anymore. Not anymore, no. He will not do this anymore. He will not humiliate himself anymore. He will not beg for something that is, that it, that it is his by birth. This is how Frederick sees it. Society owes him something. So, so, he st so he storms away. He doesn't know where to go. He doesn't know what to do, but he storms away. He wants to get something. He wants to destroy something. He wants to in inflict pain, the very same pain he feels in his heart. This society, these people, while I am in agony, They have it all. They feel joy. They feel elated. They are thrilled and excited. While I go down the dogs, this must not be, this cannot be, and this has to stop now. And Frederick is determined to rob something, to steal something. He doesn't care anymore. He has never thought about stealing. Somehow his manners, his mind, his psychology prevented him from doing so because he never wanted to draw attention. He never wanted to be the center of all attention. He always wanted to avoid society, avoid, avoid to be seen as who he is because he did not like who he is how he really supposed is, how he is appears to others. And he well remembers how people react to him, how they look at him in this gust. And he could not be it anymore. And that's why he always tried to avoid being seen detected but this stops now this must not go on anymore now this will all come to an to an end he doesn't care anymore whether he is seen or not because society should see him society should see his tears what he has lost 
the love and the care he was robbed of. All the opportunities he did not get. And he remembers the time when he had to drive the bus to a suburban home where he celebrated the birthday of a classmate where when his classmate had it all and they ignored him. They ignored him because he was poor and no one cared about him. And yeah, how betrayed he felt that he did not meet his parents, real parents, that they did not come for him. And Frederick said to himself, everything is better than going back. Everything is better than sleeping in this filthy tent. He will not go back there anymore. He must not. He cannot. This is not where he is supposed to be. This is not his place. He must stop it. Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today, only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details.